We welcome you back to Puckcast with Statsman and AJ. It's Rotowire's signature fantasy hockey show. And uh, happy new year and uh, best wishes to all our listeners for a solid 2024. We're going to get it started today. And uh, I'm Paul Bruno. I'll introduce us. I'm Paul Bruno coming to you from Southern Ontario. As always, follow me on Twitter or X at Statsman22. And my co-host, as usual, is AJ Scholes, a great follow over there in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, his Twitter handle or X handle is A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. Z or Z? Do you go with Z or Z, AJ? Z. Okay, I'm going to say Z for, to cover the whole spectrum. And AJ's coming to you from Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. That's pretty close to Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. And off the top, my friend, apart from the New Year's wishes, I can report that we finally have a dusting of snow here. And I had to delay the start because I put some ice melter on the front walk because we're hosting people in the next couple of days. And i got to look after that. So finally, <laughs> winter's hit here. I, I don't know if it's got you and its grips over there, but why don't you give us a quick weather report? <laughs> yeah, we, we got a little bit. Temperatures finally dropping to about normal. But uh, hey, Paul, let's not bury the lead. Let's talk about the most important storyline. The Czech Republic knocks off Canada in the World Juniors just moments before we went on the air. Uh, I hear that you are in mourning and will boycott the rest of the tournament. That's correct, my friend. <laughs> when Canada is eliminated, just it, I treat it the same way as the Leafs being eliminated in the hockey playoffs. I don't really pay too close attention other than for the purposes of our show here. So uh, a sad moment this morning. Uh, as the Czechs scored the deciding goal with only 11 seconds left in the game. Uh, the, they took a 2-0 lead early. Canada dominated the second and third periods right down to the end. And then the, then the winning goal was bounced in off a, a leg, a Canadian defender, or came forward actually in front of the net, and it caromed in between the goalie's legs. No chance for the netminder and a tough way to lose uh, and get eliminated in the single elimination format. I don't know if you have any interest, AJ, but I can report to you that the U.S. team is is the one that was favored at the outset, and off what I've seen, they have been the best team in the tournament. So uh, maybe you'll have some reason to tune in or celebrate uh, in a week or so as this tournament plays out. So that's a little something for you and, and the American listeners that we have out there. So uh, off the top, AJ, I mean, there were other concerns that I... Uh, was focused on in the last week when I noticed in addition to Toronto's goalie conundrum with Ilya Samsonov forgetting how to play the position and uh, <laughs> being banished to the minors after he cleared waivers. Uh, Jack Campbell is down there too. They got two ex-Leaf goalies down there. Of course, Campbell uh, has the big contract in Edmonton and can't seem to stop a beach ball these days, even in the American Hockey League as a backup right now. Then you got three other goalie situations where uh, the presumptive starters are injured right now in uh, Billy Huso in Detroit, Felix Gustafsson injured in Minnesota, and uh, Grubar, Philip Grubar, injured in Seattle. So f uh, five murky goalie situations on teams that are all supposed to be on the on the cup, cusp of uh, contention for the playoffs or solid contenders for the playoffs. And uh, I, I expect there to be a lot of movement because there's a couple of teams that have two solid goalies, one or two even have three deep. So I think we're going to see some movement in the trade wires in the next few weeks as teams jockey for position and try to solve their goalie issues. This is almost unprecedented for me in the last several years. What do you think about the whole landscape? And is there one situation that should be most concerning to any of the teams that I mentioned? 
I mean, I, I don't know that you would have felt real good about your chances to win anything this season, Paul, if I had told you that the Leafs were going to have Martin Jones as their starting netminder. So, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, all credit to Marty Jones. He's he's looked pretty decent in his chances there. So, uh, there, you know, he's playing well right now. But I uh, don't think that's what you're hoping for, especially when you consider the fact the Leafs cap hit for burying Samson off in the minors comes in at 2.4. And that's more than they're paying the two guys on the NHL roster right now in Martin Jones and Dennis Hildeby. So that's probably my most concerning. As any longtime listener knows, big Mark andre Fleury fan, so not as worried for Minnesota uh, to be able to say, hey, our preferred guy, Gustafsson, is out week to week, but we still have you know this three-time Stanley Cup champion over here ready to go. Um, so, you know, I, I think they're probably the least concerning for me. Chris G Dreger's look pretty solid Seattle. Um, James Reimer, you know, the Huso injury Detroit's been rolling with like three guys all season long. Yeah. Uh, it's been mostly Huso and, and James Reimer, but Alex Lyon's been mixed in there as well. And, and Lyon actually just came back from injury. So it's not a huge change in Detroit. Um, other, you know, than if you're somebody who has, Billy Huso on your lineup, yeah. Uh, your fantasy team, that that's kind of a blow there. But honestly, uh, Paul, for me, of the teams we highlighted here, I I think Toronto is the one I'm most concerned about. Yeah, I I would say Toronto, Ed, Edmonton are neck and neck. Uh, Edmonton is on a bit of a run. Their offense is carrying the club, but uh, Skinner is is playing better than he had earlier in the season, so that helps. But uh, they're an injury away uh, an injury away from being a complete disaster in the Nets there. Uh, if you look at it that way. And uh, so that's a bit of a concern. So I, I could see a couple of these teams reaching out and trying to pry a th one of the three goalies out of Montreal, or maybe Marc-Andre Fleury uh, is on the move as well. If, if Gustafsson comes back or if Minnesota falls out of contention, that's a possibility. But I'm thinking also, what about Boston next year, AJ? Uh, Jeremy Swayman is an RFA at the end of the season. They're already committed big bucks to Linus Allmark. Can they or will they carry two expensive goalies or may they uh, dangle uh, Swayman to uh, bolster a, a depleted offense, I'll say, even though they're on top of the division in the Atlantic, I don't think they're often scares too many people. It's the defensive structure that carries this team and uh, they may be an offseason away from from a tough situation in the Nets if they commit big dollars or if they trade one of the two players that are holding the net right now. So that's another uh, circumstance. I, I want your opinion on on the Boston situation. If you were the GM there, would you sign Swayman to uh, a significant contract and carry the two goalies? I think they've been the key to the team's success myself. Well, I'll tell you this much. For this season, I, I don't touch it, right? Because you, you're not losing anything. Uh, Swayman will be an RFA at the end of the year, so you can trade him at the end of the season, have somebody else give him a big contract if you want to go that route. Um, for me, I would probably consider after this season, maybe trying to trade Olmark. Uh, he's five years older. Uh, so I'd, I guess I'd rather pay the younger guy with how evenly they've played. So um, for me, I, I do nothing this season. That's, yes. that's the off season problem for me. Um, and, and you mentioned uh, Montreal, Jake Allen, definitely. I, there's no way Jake Allen ends the season in Montreal. In my opinion, his name has just been circling on every trade list out there, uh, teams from Seattle to Edmonton, uh, San Jose, you know, 
just a ton of teams have been linked to a possible Jake Allen move. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that, that goes. Uh, even the hurricanes, the devils, uh, some other teams that have been tied to that. So the, I, I think there's no way we see Jake Allen finish the season uh, in Montreal. Yeah, I agree with both of your calls there, AJ. And uh, so they'll be not just hunting for forwards and defensemen in the offseason. Teams will be shopping around to solve their goalie situations. And we touched on a bunch that uh, will set the merry-go-round in motion, I think. And it'll bear watching over the next few weeks. will be all over it for your purposes in fantasy play as well. So as usual, AJ, we'll kick in now with our uh, normal fare of taking a look at the hot players in the past week who might be available in many leagues. We're not we're not going to talk about the superstars who perform in and out for, for your purposes. You're looking to find gems that will bolster your club's fortunes now that you're about almost halfway through your fantasy hockey seasons. And without further delay, why don't you take us through some of the top forwards that uh, produced this past week who might be helpful to our fantasy uh, managers out there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, top two names on the list, both coming out of Boston, uh, Jake DeBrusque, uh, seven uh, seven shots on goal, uh, five points, three of those coming with the man advantage, coming in at just about a third of, uh, you know, about 36% uh, ownership there. And then Charlie Coyle, an, another guy, five points this last week, three of them goals, little lower shot on goal total. Uh, so, you know, if you are a heavy shot league, maybe just keep an eye on that. Um, 30% ownership. So those two names right off the top coming out of Boston, you know, they had uh, a really solid week. So that's obviously going to kind of bump up those numbers uh, between the two. If you're trying to decide between the two, for me, I would probably go DeBrusque uh, between the two. I think he's got more upside, um, but they're on the same line together. They're playing with Brad Marchant. Uh, so I think you could go either way. Um, you know, if you're dynasty league, I think DeBrusque is the obvious answer between the two, uh, because, you know, may have more long-term, uh, value there, but, uh, overall, I think either one of those guys could be a good addition because they're on that same line. They're playing with Marchant, um, and, and I think a good spot. Well, AJ, I, I like the call and the highlight on the Boston situation because at the beginning of the year, I always say in my preparation for fantasy pool play, I look at the top six forwards on every team. I look at the top four defensemen on every team, and I look at the top goalie in every team. And I'm surprised that DeBrusque and Coyle are both less than 50% owned in in leagues out there. And and uh, they're playing top six minutes for one of the top teams in hockey, not known for their offensive displays on a regular basis. But you got to think the opportunity that they have on this team right now should make make them locks to be on, in fantasy leagues out there. And so I think if they're available in your leagues, you got to take a hard look and jump on one or both of them right away. Uh, other names that caught our eye this past week, Marcus Johansson with Minnesota. Look, when they signed him, I thought he would be a, something of a power play specialist and a good offensive piece. He's been all right, He's but his one of his high points was last week, two goals, three assists, two power play points, uh, eight shots on goal. He's productive in the offensive zone from the blue line in. And this team is depleted in terms of injuries right now. So he's going to get more of a run and might make sense for people to look at him. He's only owned in 4% of leagues out there. But I think the opportunity that is in front of him is going to make him a, a, a desirable piece. Gustav Nyquist is another guy who maybe fits the same bill and has 
virtually the same numbers in the past week. Three goals and two outbursts, six shots on goal. And he plays with Nashville on the wing, and he's in a top six situation there too. Only owned in 14% of leagues out there. The, the streaking Dallas Stars are a team that has relied certainly on the one of the top lines in hockey uh, to front their offense. But Mason Marchman has been a key part of their top nine and sometimes their top six forwards. He produced three goals and one helper last week, getting 15 minutes a, a night and uh, eight shots on goal, a physical player too. So he'll be involved in the hits if you're if that value's uh, important in your pool and block shots. He got one last week. So uh, another guy to look at in uh, terms of the top six or seven guys out there. Tread Frederick, yet another Boston Bruin. And the value of this guy, AJ, is in Yahoo leagues. He's a two-position player. So that might be something of a tiebreaker if you're looking at the three Boston guys. Trent Frederick is a guy who's been getting a bit of a run of late. He had five shots on goal, seven hits and four blocks, in addition to two goals and two helpers last week. And again, you can't forget about the fact that I said already, Boston's one of the top teams in the league, and maybe you go three lines deep on those clubs to help fill out your roster. There are other names in the in this top list, AJ. Why don't you highlight a couple more before you move us into the defensemen? Well, one to maybe keep an eye on. And and if you're you know in the thick of things, maybe not the best play, but if you need kind of a long shot play, something to boost your team, Dominic Tenato uh, for Winnipeg just got called up, uh, but has been playing really well. Uh, just three games, he's up uh, due to some injuries. You know, Kyle Connor is out, David Gustafson's out. Three points in three games. Uh, the reason I'm a little bit more confident in maybe him sticking around is this is on the back of six points in nine games uh, in the AHL to start the season. So, uh, you know, it seems like things are clicking for him right now. Last year in the minors, 35 points in 50 games. So there's offensive upside. It's just a matter of, you know, do I expect him to be a point per game player at the end of the year? Of course not. That won't last that long. But maybe 30, maybe 30 points, give or take, 25, somewhere on there. Um, so, at you know, we're showing 0% ownership uh, here. So he should be available in pretty much every league we're talking about out there. Uh, so that's one player that, that I would really consider. Um, one that I'm maybe not as high on uh, that's in that same boat, that kind of low end is Cole Gutman uh, for uh, Chicago, you know, Six points in 17 games played, uh, does seem to be getting a few more opportunities, does have decent AHL numbers, um, but I'm a little less sold on his ability to maintain his spot in the lineup. They have a lot more injuries that are thrusting him in there. You've got Taylor Hall, Tyler Johnson, Andreas Athanasiu, Joey Anderson, Taylor Radish. There's just so many people that are injured. And once those guys come back, I think Gutman heads back to the minors more so than potentially Tenato. So between those two, that's who I would favor between them. But both had pretty good weeks last week. Uh, and you may want to consider taking a flyer on one of those two guys. AJ, I'll throw one more name in before we, we look at the defenseman. I like I got to look at Adam Fantilli. The Jackets played the Leafs three times in the last two weeks. And this rookie really impressed me. He plays center, of course, for this club. And uh, they are looking for top six pivots and this guy's going to be one there for a long time i think he's only owning 25 percent of leagues and if you're in a dynasty league situation this is a guy you've got to take a hard look at top draft pick last year starting to score regular he got two goals and one helper last week for the jackets and uh, alongside 
him. I would look at also a guy like Nino Niederreiter. You know, I've been a fan of this guy for a long time. He's getting a good situation in front of him in Winnipeg and carry, taking advantage of that. A couple of goals last week, 10 shots on goal uh, in the three games that he played, only owned in 27% of leagues. And uh, this is a Winnipeg lineup that likes the heavy power forward type, and that's that's Niederreiter's DNA. So he's finally in a very good situation and looking like he's very comfortable at the moment. So on a good team. So those are a lot of check marks that make a case for him. In looking at the top defenseman that might be available, AJ, the guy at the top of the list for me right now is a guy I owned for part of the season earlier this year, but then he struggled and now he's hot again. And that's Keandre Miller played three games last week and led all defensemen with 30.7 fantasy points owned in 45% of leagues and a New York club like Boston, one of the top teams in the league. So why wouldn't you consider one of their top four defensemen, particularly as he's now coming off two goals and two assists last week, 10 hits in addition to the scoring that he's done. So he's on the top of the list here. And uh, I wonder what you can tell me about Marcus Pedersen and what he's up to in Pittsburgh. He's near the top of the list too with four assists. Don't do it. <laughs> I love Marcus Pedersen. He's been one of the Penguins. Uh, best uh, defenseman this year that's saying a lot in terms of who else is on that lineup. Um, but he is a defensive-minded guy. Just so happens he's got a decent run, eight assists in his last six games, uh, four of those coming in one game. Here's why I would be hesitant to do that, just four shots in those games. The power play ice time is basically non-existent. Um, you know, if you need blocks, hits, um, and maybe the occasional assist, I, I think that's, you know, worth considering. But, you know, I said eight assists in his last six games. Uh, he had six assists in the 29 games before that. So this is a, an abnormal spot. It's not like he got moved on to the power play because somebody else got hurt or something like that. Uh, he just happened to have a good offensive week. I, I would not expect to see him staying on this list long term. Paul, I have to wonder, I'll kick it back to you to talk about your uh, favorite team here. Timothy Lilligren uh, is also on this list, uh, 3% owned. Uh, what do you say there? He's just back from injury, right? So is this a long-term production or a recent hot streak? I, I think it's the latter, AJ. Put him in the same camp as Pedersen. He shows flashes of offense, but playing third-pair minutes with Mark Giordano is going to insulate him and allow him to take some chances offensively. Might make some sense. But he's not productive enough to play minutes on the power play. And that's really the tiebreaker for me. When I look at the defensemen that can help me, I want to make sure that they're involved in the team's power play circumstance or at least getting a lot of minutes. And as the third pairing guy, it's just not happening for Lilligren at the moment. And that's despite the fact that he is back and healthy finally. And uh, we'll remind our listeners that I've said it a couple of times. This guy was projected to be a high draft pick in his draft year, but uh, an injury situation push him down late to be a late first rounder. And I'm hoping that he can live up to that billing at some point. It's just not happening right now. So I think the 3% ownership is maybe a little bit low, but he's playing 20 minutes a game and on third pairing minutes, I don't think there's enough value there. Uh, a couple other guys where there might be some value, Kevin Shattenkirk uh, in Boston. I uh, come back to the Bruins again. He's only owned in 1% of leagues, but this guy scores when he gets on the ice. Only, only playing for 14, 15 minutes a game. Two goals last week, seven shots on goal. Might make sense if you're looking for a bump offensively from the back end. I also look at uh, a guy like Owen Power in Buffalo. 
you know that they signed him to a big contract, AJ. He's coming off a three-point week, and he's going to get a lot of minutes for this team night in and night out. So maybe a long-term play there more than a short-term one if you're looking for help. Thomas Harley's exploded in Dallas offensively in the last month and a half, and two assists uh, to pad his stats. His ownership is only at 22%, but right behind Miro Heiskanen in terms of productivity on the Dallas defense and uh, another team that is a power in the Western Conference. So I look for those circumstances to kind of guide me in terms of the players that I like. I might also take a look at Nils Lundqvist if you're sucked in by the fact that he got three assists last week, but he's more of a defensive-minded guy, so that might be a a blip on the radar. And uh, back to the New York Islanders, I go to take a look at Alex Romanoff. He was, of course, drafted by Montreal and touted as a a good all-around defenseman, very physical guy, blocks a lot of shots, and had an assist for the Islanders last week. They're without their top defense pairing, and Pelik and Pulik are both out of the lineup, so he's going to get a good run going forward, and it was typified by the fact that he was among the leaders on this list with 22 minutes per game played and the three uh, tilts that he was in last week. Over to you for a few more. Uh, yeah, I got one more, and then I'll take us over to to the goalies. The one name I would add here is Jamie Drysdale. Uh, coming off an injury, so the production this last week was a, a little bit lower, just one uh, one goal, his his only point over that stretch. But overall in the season, three points in seven games. And here's the big one. Uh, since returning from that injury in five games, the uh, power play ice time is up over just over two minutes per game. He's been with the number one unit. I know a lot of times we don't talk about Anaheim, um, but they've, they uh, have some value in certain spots. I think Jamie Drysdale could be one of those guys. As I said, Paul, I'll, I'll dive us right into the goaltenders here. Uh, two names popping off uh, at me on the, the list to consider right away. Obviously, Chris Dreger is, is an option. Um, he's splitting time right now with, with Joey Decord, uh, Decord, has looked pretty good. Uh, in fact, uh, he's uh, 6-0-2 in his last eight games. Um, but I think there's some value still to be had in Dreger. I would expect he'll see more uh, than just the occasional uh, you know, back-to-back game. Only has that one game, uh, but 37 saves on, on 38 face. So I would definitely consider looking at Dreger. And then the other one is Alex Nedeljkovic for the Penguins. He's been another guy playing really well. Uh, they've been looking to get him more opportunities, uh, even with Jari back healthy from, from a brief uh, little absence there. Uh, so Dreger, a guy that could see some opportunities, had 37 saves uh, on 38 attempts just uh, the other night. And so I think uh, Nadelkovich will see more opportunities. I think they're going to work maybe closer to a share, uh, be like a 60% to 40% split uh, in Pittsburgh's. Now, Jari is going to go tonight, um, but something to consider if you need kind of that third netminder. You've got two starters, but you need another guy who's going to be more than, you know, once in a while guy. I think uh, consider Nadelkovich or Dreger. How about in Philadelphia, AJ? There's there's a two-goalie tandem there that seems to be working right now. We know Carter Hart's been the guy that's been handling the load, and there's been some ups and downs in his early part of his career, but he's got things straightened out. Samuel Erson is really battling him for playing time and doing very well of late. Uh, he appeared in two games last week, allowed only four goals. 
only facing 47 shots. That's also a factor, AJ. Philadelphia is playing a very much improved defensive style. Erickson, Erickson only owned in 25% of leagues out there for a te- team that's second in their division right now. Uh, they've proved to me that they are they are not a, a flash in the pan, this team. And so Erickson might make some sense. Uh, the Nashville Predators, they, of course, they have UC Saros playing a lot of games. But Yaroslav Askarov is a guy who got into a couple last week and uh, receded for a win. Only two goals against, allow, stopping 33 shots, 18.8 fantasy points. And uh, he's, he's a guy that was a very high draft pick by Nashville. Like I say, if you're looking at a stash situation, this m- might make sense to put him uh, below your line and keep him uh, for a longer-term play. Calvin Pickard with Edmonton has been the answer to some of the con- goalie concerns as well. Working with Skinner, they, they have almost a credible second goaltender. This guy came up for the minors and is a veteran. And if Edmonton continue, continue to outscore their problems, at least this guy's going to recede from some, for some wins. They've piled up. The W's on the strength of that offense, and he's been in the nets for a few of them. And then finally, Nico Dawes trying to push for more playing time with New Jersey. Receded for a win. He's only owned in 4% of leagues out there. And Vanacek is the guy that holds most of the role, but he's been up and down. So if he struggles, continue. They might give Nico Dawes a bit more of a run in Jersey, AJ. Are there any other goalies that you want to touch on before we wind up this particular segment? Yeah, um, you know, one to maybe uh, look at as like considered a long-term investment, maybe uh, if you have the space, Jake Allen, only 10% owned. We talked about yeah. potential for him to get moved here sooner rather than later. Uh, so maybe he moves to another team where he's going to see more opportunities. Uh, another name that could also be on the that potential list is Antti Ranta. They had sent him down to the minors for two games. Um, so he may not be a long-term solution in Carolina. So some maybe long-term uh, considerations that you could think about. AJ, th- this is an area I think where a lot of people should be spending some time on because as I said, and I've said it in a couple of shows, I haven't seen so much turmoil in the Nets in years in fantasy play. That, so it really behooves you to take a look at the depth that is available around the league. I wouldn't consider a, pl- a goalie on a low-end team, but when there's a higher-end goaltender and i mean we mentioned marty jones too he's a guy only owned in 40 percent of leagues out there the leafs should be one of the top teams in the league and their offense will be like edmonton outscoring a lot of problems jones will be the starter tonight in uh, against los angeles and uh, he he's going to get a run in toronto for the next month at least until joseph wall comes off so those are the situations that i look at some good teams that have some struggles in the net or other people that have risen to the occasion on teams that are with an upward trajectory. That's where I'm focusing my attention. That's the names that we've shared with you. Almost all of them fit that bill. So uh, you can keep up with that information by listening to us on a weekly basis. And we'll we'll be continuing to highlight those guys that make sense to help you. So that's really the key uh, that we're trying to focus on in, in these segments uh, to date. And uh, with that, we will switch now to the most added players in terms of fantasy based on Yahoo Leagues out there, AJ, and uh, at the top of that list is another goalie situation uh, that merits discussion, and that's in Dallas, where Jake Ottinger is just starting to skate a little bit, but he's still a ways away from playing, and in the meantime, Scott Wedgwood has been a heroic in terms of handling the net and uh, making sure Dallas stays within reach of uh, the top spot in their division, 
He's only owned in 20% leagues after a 9% jump this past week. You mentioned Joey Decord in Seattle, another guy who's seen a spike in his ownership, but still less than 20%. And if this team shows like they did yesterday in that uh, outdoor classic game, coming off a shutout, there should be a lot of uh, interest in what he's been doing for the the Kraken of late. Uh, Other players that uh, top this list, AJ, that catch your eye. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Sean uh, Dersey is is back from injury, so that probably uh, shows his little bump there. Uh, you know, I said don't do it, but some of you have clearly already done it. Marcus Pedersen is on this list with about a 4 or 5% jump. Uh, Ricard Raquel moved up about three points. He's back from injury. Uh, so some of these are, are, you know, pretty, pretty obvious ones. Uh, I think – you know, looking at the rest of this list, uh, I, I think Gabe uh, Velarde's numbers will keep continuing up as more people uh, see that he's, you know, really cemented himself on that type top line in Winnipeg with Shifley and, and Ehlers. That's, you know, pretty low ownership really for for a top line guy who's seeing first uh, first power play minutes to still only be at 60, 61 percent. Had a bit of a slump last week, no points in his last three games, but five shots on goal. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about it if if he's available. If you're one of those 40 percent of leagues where he's an option, definitely jump on him if you can. And AJ, I will add, uh, Patrick Kane is up to 81 percent. It's kind of interesting to see how quickly he's risen up to a solid ownership. He's done what he was expected to do in Detroit, and they're counting on him for offense. He's delivering it. So there's still about 20 percent of teams out there that are not using Kaner, but uh, he looks like the real deal once again. And uh, Kudos to him for coming off, uh, coming up in, in the middle of the season and getting his rehab to the point where he has, is a viable option there. Mentioned Philadelphia's situation, AJ. They're getting performances up and down the lineup. Joel Farabee's a guy who's been a top six player for this club for a long time, and uh, his ownership is only 21.6%, a bump of 4.5%, and this is a team that's second in their division. So if he gets regular top six minutes, he's a guy that should be in your leagues. Uh, Trevor Zegras has been battling injury situation for much of the year, but back and healthy for Anaheim. He's one of their signature players offensively. And uh, maybe because he's on the left coast, he doesn't get the, the publicity that his talent should. He's still only owned in 60% of leagues after a 4.5% jump. Matt Duchesne in Dallas, another guy that merits consideration playing top minutes, especially on the power play for that potent club uh, uh, contender for the top spot in their division and this guy's helped out offensively this year his ownership is only at 58 percent i think it should be higher based on the opportunity before him and uh seth jarvis i'll close with him carolina i got a look at them when they came into toronto last week and he caught my eye he's he's been playing top six minutes for a long while in carolina and yet his ownership is only at 59.4 percent spiked by 3.2 percent increase last week and uh, again like i said top six forwards on contending teams should have been drafted in your leagues. And uh, the 40% uh, of leagues where Jarvis is not owned, that's the the people that should be considering what I'm saying right now. This this guy's a viable option. Any other thoughts in your eyes from this section, AJ? No, I think we've covered that pretty well there, Paul. Um, So I think I'll lead us in here. I think it's time for us to take a little break uh, to hear from our sponsors. You're listening to Rotowire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. We'll be back in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Just a minute. All right, folks, we're back on the podcast with Statsman and AJ, and now it's time to take a look, look at the most dropped players around the league, and a lot of them are linked to injury news, so we'll spend a little bit of time on this. Of course, at the top of the list, and one of the biggest concerns I have as a fan, as well as my fantasy situation, is Ilya Samsonov for the Maple Leafs. His ownership is still at 53% after a 5.1% drop, but they've really lost faith in this goaltender, and it's because he's kind of lost the net in Toronto he just swims around there way too much uh, is what I'm seeing in the last little while. And uh, he's got to get his game together. It'll take a while. So I don't see the point in hanging on to him in the near term, maybe in the long term. It could be that he's done here in, in the big smoke, as I call it. And uh, uh, he tops the list. And uh, there are other concerns here. Zach Wierenski's out with an injury. He'll be out for four to six weeks with an ankle injury. His ownership's still at 87.8%. That's a real quandary. Him... A guy like him, a guy like Dougie, uh, Dougie, what's his, Hamilton in in uh, in uh, his situation. These guys are number one defensemen on their respective teams, AJ. And I don't know if you hold on to them if they've got long-term injury situation because you can bid, bid them back into your line. But in the meantime, it's a puts you in a really shorthanded circumstance. So I, I want to get your slant on what you do if you got one of those guys, a number one defenseman, let's say, who is injured long-term. Do you punt him from your lineup? Or, I mean, if you don't have an injury roster slot on your team, that's a real tough decision. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think I kind of tipped my hand on this answer this year when I kept uh, Ekblad and Montour <laughs> to start the season. So uh, I think you know Wierinski. I'm so here's the problem with Wierinski and Seth Jones. They're on bad teams, so that's a factor. Now you compare that to say uh, Dougie Hamilton. The the Devils yeah. are are a pretty solid team. They should produce some offense. He'll get a share of that. So um, I think you have to take it on a case-by-case basis. I don't think there's a one-size-fit-all answer. I'm, poor, I'm probably more likely to keep Wierenski than Seth Jones um, between the two. But, uh, yeah, overall, it's, it is a tough choice. I lean towards keeping him, uh, especially, I mean, dynasty formats, there's no question. But, um, yeah, overall, I lean towards keeping him. But maybe Seth Jones I would consider dropping. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it depends on the real the situation and how high end the player is. Dougie Hamilton is a guy that I have in my team, and uh, I don't have an injury roster slot, but he's a guy that I'm hoping will come back. I'm not hearing any news, and that so maybe I'll have to rethink that situation, and maybe our listeners can weigh in on that circumstance uh, as well. It's the question of what to do with the number one defenseman if he's out of your lineup for long term. Uh, a couple other names here, AJ, based on the situation in Florida you touched on, they got a couple of those guys back in their lineup to bolster the defense. And I wonder what that does to the ownership of Oliver Ekman Larson in Florida. His ownership is now at 37.2%, dropping 3.5 to 5 this past week. He's missing out on some high-end uh, offensive minutes, and his minutes are down overall because of the return of the two fellows that you mentioned. So I think his ownership will continue to slide based on the situation that he has in front of him. A uh, couple of guys that I'm not sure that makes sense that their, their stats uh, drop them in terms of ownership. Pavel Zaka in Boston is still only owned in 24% of leagues out there after a drop of 2.2, playing top six minutes. I mean, okay, he's slumped a little bit of late, but still the Boston Bruins here. So I think I might be too quick on the trigger to punt on him. Then uh, Toivo Teravainen is a guy who's blown hot and cold this past year in Carolina, and he has not played uh, regular on the top line, but he is usually in the top six and most often on the power play there. So his ownership still only at 43.9, dropping 1.8%. I think you got to consider that Carolina is still a pretty good hockey club. I mean, I saw them last week in Toronto and got a close look at, at how the, what their structure looks like, and it looks pretty solid to me. And uh, Toivo Teravainen, a good two-way forward who gets the power play time in, in addition to top six minutes. I'm not sure I agree with his ownership being that low. The quandary that continues to be a real concern in Calgary, AJ, Jonathan Huberdo owned in uh, slightly less than 50% of leagues out there. The, I guess the owners of this guy who are still retaining him are still looking at the fact he's a $10 million contract on a Calgary team that should be is play, should be playing in top six minutes. He's just not delivering the goods. And uh, the time for me to punt on this guy is is already in my rearview mirror. I don't know why you would con- continue to do that. Uh, there are a number of other injury notes, AJ, that we'll touch on. And I want you to lead us into them. Yeah, so really, you know, bad news for Minnesota this last week. You've got uh, Zuccarello week to week. Now he is on the ice for practice today, but I doubt he's playing uh, this week. You've got Kirill Kaprasov, one to two weeks with an upper body injury. Philip Gustafsson is looking about uh, two weeks, if not a little bit more, with a lower body injury. So three 
really big injuries uh, for, for them. Uh, you've also got a number of top name guys here. Uh, you obviously, we mentioned Zach Wierenski, four to six weeks with that ankle injury. Uh, youngster Leo Carlson for Anaheim is going to be three to five weeks with a knee injury. Mikhail Sergachev looking like he might come back. He's missed the last four games. Uh, and then one other, you know, return uh, right around the corner. Max Pacioretty could be ready to play uh, after that Achilles injury. It's been a long time coming for getting him back. So um, we'll see. They're they're working him in. One more to mention, Brian Rust is eligible to come off uh, LTIR today. Uh, Mike Sullivan called him a game-time decision, which for Mike Sullivan pretty much means he's going to play. He took line uh, or line rushes with the number two power play unit, was on uh, Malkin's line uh, at five-on-five five practices today. So I would expect we will see him uh, in the lineup tonight. But officially, Russ is a game-time decision. And I'll wind us up with a couple more injury notes of concern to their respective teams. In Anaheim, Leo Carlson, their young rookie, has got a knee injury. He'll be out. He's on the IR for the next three to five weeks. That's a tough blow because they've given this guy every opportunity to be a top six-minute guy, and he's certainly gained some professional experience with that opportunity and looks to be a guy that they're going to lean on uh, in Anaheim for years to come. We mentioned Billy Huso's situation. He was uh, He's on the IR, lower body injury. He's listed as week-to-week for a team that's desperately trying to hold on to playoff hopes. They'll be doing it without their best goalie in their net minding situation. Tough blow for that club and for Huso owners. Uh, we talk about a couple of guys that are resuming skating after being on the sidelines for a bit. Jake Ottinger in the Nets for Dallas resumed skating, but the coaching staff still says he's got some significant downtime ahead of him, so we'll keep monitoring that circumstance. Victor Arvidsson in L.A. was injured with a back injury. He's planning to skate soon with a potential mid-February return, so if he's available in your leagues, this guy's going to slide back into a top six role for one of the top teams in the Western Conference. So we'll keep an eye on that situation because you got to grab him right away, I think. And uh, you mentioned the situation in Minnesota. They're cl- getting clobbered there with Hertz. Uh, Chase, uh, and also uh, Schwartz in Seattle, lower body injury, kept him on the IR for a while, but now he's been moved to LTIR, and that does not bode well for a, a, a return in the near term. For him, if you've been waiting on it, we are sad to report that he'll be out for a little bit. And the more positive slant, the uh, player who has yet to make his debut this season is the uh, captain of the San Jose Sharks. This is a team certainly at the bottom of the standings, but their offense is starting to, to click a little bit more than it has in the past. And Couture is uh, close to his season debut, and his uh, addition will mean immediate return to the top line and a top power play there. So it uh, could provide some instant offense for you if you're looking for help in your fantasy league. Certainly San Jose is desperate for for his return and will get that boost once he does slide back in the lineup as as early as later this week, perhaps. AJ, the, all this talk makes me think about the resources that we have at our disposal at Rotowire. Why don't you talk a little bit about the subscription process to get on with Rotowire and and really highlight the value that we're, we talk about every week with all the wide range of resources that we have, not just for hockey, but other sports across the spectrum. The first thing I would do is go to rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, best way to check out the site is to, to try it yourself. We've got a two-day, uh, 48-hour trial uh, available for you, so you can jump on, try out the site, try out all the features. 
Um, some of my my favorites, uh, you know, it depends what what you're looking for, but we've got a, a wide range of of advice um, from DFS to season long to sports betting uh, to sites like Prize Picks or uh, uh, Underdog that do like player prop combos, uh, DFS contests like that. So, you know, my my favorite right now that I've been loving is is the Prize Picks uh, sleeper Underdog section. DraftKings Pick Six is on there as well. They've got hockey props there for you, letting you know who uh, who they like and don't. So, you know, just looking quick look at today for that. Uh, they like uh, Sean Couturier to get more than two shots on goal tonight. Like Brock Faber to have more than uh, 23 and a half minutes of ice time. Not uh, not high on John Tavares to win more than uh, 10 and a half faceoffs. They have that coming in under Quinn Hughes, under two and a half shots. So, uh, all that kind of stuff is available and you can see all the breakdown and how they come up with those recommendations for you. Um, you know, if you're, if you're season long, you have to look at the, my leagues feature, absolutely a must, uh, helps you figure out best lineup based on, uh, you know, projections, uh, maybe some trades to, to target some free agents that are available in your league. Uh, and then all the information for your team is right there. It shows you who's injured, who's healthy, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, we've got obviously the optimizer for DFS. We've got betting articles that come out both for um, day slates or just single game uh, option kind of breakdowns for for sports betting. So there, there's just so much. But rotowire.com slash pod is the starting point for you. Go there, figure out, uh, you know, play around with the site. And it'll give you more than just hockey, obviously. Uh, so if you use that, that 48 hour trial, you can check out uh, NFL stuff at the end of the season here. NBA, of course, um, everything. We don't quite have uh, the newly launched uh, professional women's hockey league, Paul. No tools for that yet, but who knows? Maybe someday in the future we'll have something for that as well. Absolutely. And I mean, that was a targeted question from my point of view, AJ, and it wasn't rehearsed and you didn't get a tip off on that, but I'm so <laughs> thrilled that you were able to say what you did because I've been con uh, in conversation with a bunch of friends over the holidays and a number of them, to be quite honest, they, they have lost a little bit of interest in the fantasy sports space because they don't know where to find this information uh, that you're describing. And, and uh, they, they're kind of almost missing out on all the fun that I'm having and that you're having. And, many of our listeners i hope are having the the fact is we're a one-stop shop that can make your research and homework in terms of the weekly prep for for keeping your rosters competitive it's all in one spot it's very easy to get to and and uh, it doesn't take a lot of time to figure out okay if i want to replace this guy what's the best move that i can make we have all those resources a finger finger click away on on our keyboard with all the resources here at rotowire and we're going to continue to bang that drum because we think it's definitely the best uh, set of resources that's available to fantasy sports players in the entire landscape so very proud to be affiliated with it as i know you are aj and uh, it's just time for us to bang the drum a little bit louder to get more <laughs> people interested in uh, where they can find the solutions for a lot of their concerns in the fantasy sports space if, uh, we want to finish up with a talk about the pa professional women's hockey league aj and we'll leave that for a few minutes but uh before that we're going to talk about the dfs landscape tonight ahead of a 13 game sl slate a busy slate on the nhl and uh, i'm curious to see what you've got lined up for your DraftKings roster 
Well, I'm going to start it with a classic combo that's uh, been around for quite a while here. Uh, I'm going to use both sides of the Pittsburgh-Washington matchup. I'm going to use Sidney Crosby at 7,900 and Alex Ovechkin at 6,200. Look, uh, Crosby's having a fantastic year. His numbers career against Washington are just astronomical. Uh, 88 points in 68 games, including 30 goals. Um, and Ovechkin, I know he's been down this year. The goals haven't been there. But the two of these guys just drive each other so much. Again, career numbers for him, 71 points in 73 career matchups with Pittsburgh, 39 uh, goals there. I really expect uh, these two to continue to push each other and for that matchup to be a, a good opportunity for both those guys to put some points on the board tonight. From there, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. We talked about both these guys off the top. Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque as another stack here for me. Charlie Coyle comes in at 4,800. DeBrusque, 3,700. I don't want to quite pay up for Marchant, um, so I'm going to use his other two line mates. Uh, good opportunity. They're playing Columbus, uh, so always a great chance uh, to get some points out of Boston there. I'll round out my, my wingers here. Another kind of just taking a shot at a guy in the right spot with the right game. Jonathan Druin comes at 3,500. He's playing on that top line with McKinnon and Rantanen. So, uh, you know, he should be able to, you know, stumble into a point here at some point. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, that's certainly in play. And he's got some decent numbers, just one goal in his last seven games, but five helpers over that stretch, three of those coming with the man advantage. And they're playing the Islanders at home, so good matchup there. I'll go uh, to my utility spot. I'm going to use – I want to get a little bit of share of Dallas tonight. So I got Rupe Hints coming in at 6,200. Top line for Dallas. Paul, you highlighted how well Dallas has been playing lately. Hints, for his part, is on a six-game point streak uh, that includes five goals, plenty of shots over that stretch, so good a good spot to use him. Defensively, I went middle of the road here. I didn't use the top guys, but I didn't have to go digging at the bottom. Uh, Going to get another share of Colorado. Devin Tay is 4,700. He's had a good week, continues to see minutes uh, on the power play, which is a good thing. Second unit, he's not going to take over Kale McCarr's spot with the number one group, um, but still gets a little bit of a look on, on the man advantage there, and he's got himself in a, a five-game point streak right now. And then Chris Letang. Come on, Paul. I wasn't getting out of here without using Tanger. 4,900. Uh, if he's coming in at under five, you know, they've they've talked about, oh, he got dropped to the second unit for Carlson. Uh, well, he just put up six assists and all of them came five on five. So he's producing without that power play role. Uh, I think it's a, a good opportunity. You're still getting him at under 500 or 5,000 rather uh, and a, a decent matchup with, with Washington. Between the Nets, I didn't want to go top of the board as tempting as it is. Uh, you know, Wedgwood is up there at 85, Soros at 84, both great matchups, both playing at home. You could go Ulmark or Swayman, 83. Um, but I went further down to save some money. I'm going to go with Georgiev for Colorado tonight. I think it's a good opportunity at home playing against the Islanders who are not especially known as an offensive powerhouse. They've struggled, especially lately. Um, pretty decent price tag for him there. Now, that is not confirmed that Georgiev is going to get the start, um, but I'd be okay going with Ivan Prosvetov uh, if he starts instead. So I think the Colorado goaltender 
uh, is my option. So that's how I broke down DraftKings, Paul. How are we looking over on FanDuel? Well, I'm going to compare a couple of prices to make you aware of why I'm I'm on, on, on the case for Latang, except for his $5,900 price tag on my side. If I had him at $4,900 on the FanDuel side, I'd have jumped all over him. A $5,900, a little bit high when I consider some of the other options. I'm with you on Rupe Hints. For me, though, it's going to cost me $7,400 as opposed to your $6,200. I like the fact that Hints has been a long, on a long-term heater, a little longer than even the point streak that you suggested, 13 points in his last 10 games overall. And um, it could be points night for Dallas, uh, quite frankly, against a Montreal club that uh, is not up to snuff compared to one of the top powers in the Western Conference. That's how I lead off my team with hints. I pair him with Elias Lindholm, the number one center in in uh, the Calgary situation is costing me $6,100 tonight. We highlighted the injury situations in, uh, in uh, the Minnesota lineup. I think that Calgary takes advantage of that and, hint, and uh, Lindholm should be front and center, pardon the pun, to, to do that for, for the flame, visiting Flames. Then uh, I look at other situations, AJ. I mean, Jason Robertson, I definitely want to get a couple of pieces of the Dallas offense tonight. So Jason Robertson is the guy that I spent up for, uh, picking up nine points in his last six games played. I, I think he's a lock to pad those na- numbers, costing me the $8,400, topping my lineup in terms of expenses. Tonight, uh, pair him with Nick Paul, who is uh, not only has a great last name, but comes in at only $4,800 for Tampa. He's been moved up to the top line playing with Kucherov and Point. Kucherov, I'll remind our listeners, leading the league in scoring and Point, one of the top centers as well. So a great spot for him, and he's parlayed that into eight points in his last six games played, coming in for only that $4,800 price tag. Moving over to defense, AJ, I spent a little bit higher than I normally would for one of them, looking at Boston's visit to Columbus where I think the Bruins are poised to take pick apart the, the homestanding jackets. McAvoy costing $6,900, considering that he has six points in four game, the last four games he's played. I think it could be a points night for the Bruins tonight, too. So, uh, like him, uh, if I spend up. I mentioned Keandre Miller earlier in the show. Comes in at $4,500. This should be one of the games of the night, in my opinion. New York Rangers hosting, uh, visiting, uh, sorry, they're hosting Carolina. And uh, both teams playing very well of late. But Miller really standing out for the blue shirts right now. Gets my, my attention for that low $4,500 price tag. Then I go for a, a couple of utility players before I get to the goaltending circumstance. Morgan Geeky, $4,400 for Boston. He's playing first-line minutes tonight, part, uh, partnered with uh, Pasternak and Zaka. A great spot for him. He has eight points in his last 10 games played. I, I said I think it could be a point night, points night for the Bruins. And Geeky coming in at that low price tag is a, a real good value, one of the best on the slate tonight. And I also look at another guy who's in the low end of the, the, the price tags and might make sense, and that's Max Domi of the Maple Leafs. How could I avoid him when he's playing at a point-per-game pace and really been the answer, at least offensively, to the Leafs' third-line pivot role? And, uh, I mean, this is a matchup of teams that are both three deep in terms of quality center icemen, uh, or at least above-average center icemen, I'll say. And I'll put Domi in that camp based on the fact that he's been on an extended heater offensively and uh, one of the top assist guys on the team once he get past the big four. He's the next best guy. So a great spot for him tonight. And he should play against maybe third-pairing defensemen and maybe the third line of the opposing team as well to make his value even better in that regard. And then I'm going to give you a bit of a chance to smile for our first game, first uh, show in the out of the shoot in the 2024 and i'll put 
Tristan Jerry and my net for $8,100 in the matchup against Washington. But I think it's also not just because Jari's played well of late, but I look at the pop gun offense that the Caps are going to counter with. They've only scored 12 goals in their last seven games played. So I think Pittsburgh is in line for an easy win tonight. I, I think that's a great headline to say it's Crosby and Ovechkin, but Ovechkin's a shadow of his former self so far this year. And the offense for the Caps is just missing in action, quite honestly. So it should be an easy win for the Pens. How about that if I say that to you? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, AJ, we promised final in our final thoughts to touch on the Professional Women's Hockey League. And I made it a point yesterday to watch the opening ceremonies and watch the first parts of the first game featuring New York team visiting Toronto in uh, the, the opener for this, this league. They played it in the old Maple Leaf Gardens. In fact, uh, it's a refurbished building, only seats a few thousand fans right now. And it's got a shop... Uh, shopping center in the in the bottom floor for anybody who's curious about it but they preserved the top of the building including the the, the old-fashioned roof construction that was there when maple leaf gardens was was the home of the maple leafs and a great backdrop for the opener of this league and it was very well done in terms of the presentation of the game they had women doing the broadcast doing the color doing the intermission and i loved it I, I love the fact that this is a professional women's hockey league. There's hope for all young girls out there. I know you, you're you raising two of them yourself, AJ. So this was an important day for fans of the sport to see that now there's a real viable option and a career path for, for young girls to aspire to if they get involved in this great sport. And uh, the fact that they are run uh, exclusively almost top to bottom in terms of a lot of front office roles and, and – uh, referees and I, I just love the fact that top to bottom there's an opportunity for women to get involved in this sport at the highest level and i wish it nothing but success in it nothing would please me more to include a, a stats segment when we get rolling here uh, uh, to cover the stats that are produced by the players that play the game it was played at a high level the first game that i saw and i was really happy to see it well the thing i'm most excited about paul is you got to cheer on Kristen campbell who is a national championship with the wisconsin badgers so <laughs> there you go you've got one of our uh badger women uh anchoring your team there so uh you know go out get uh, get the jersey paul if if they're selling those and uh yeah just uh excited to see uh you know i think that one of the bigger biggest benefits too is going to be you know it's 2024 here is a summer olympic year that means we're two years out from the Winter Olympics. And I think having a, a professional league up and running is only going to help grow the women's game and make the the tournament in two years that much better. Uh, so for even just casual fans or Olympic, you know, kind of Olympic only fans, I think we're going to see a better, uh, better brand of women's hockey uh, because we have a professional game going on as well. So I, lo I love the fact that we're able to talk about this new era as the kickoff to the new year in our show. AJ, we're looking forward to the second half of the hockey season unfolding. And uh, as we touched on earlier, you're going to get all kinds of uh, access to great resources at our end. We thank you for listening to Rotowire's podcast with Statsman and AJ and hope you come back to listen regularly in the rest of the season. As always, we remind you that we're here to help you with all things related to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey. So we really encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter where you can follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJ Scholes 24. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week.